Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at adces24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCS's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Sasha Yulman, the Director of Diabetes Education and Prevention Programs at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. The new year can be a time of all kinds of changes, a major one being health insurance coverage. With open enrollment ending January 15th, 2023, or with individuals opting for new kinds of plans for the new year, or even considering formulary changes that come up for some people, we figured this topic merited special attention. We've invited our friends at Beyond Type 1 to join us for this episode. As a global leader in the diabetes community and trustworthy resource since 2015, we knew they would have some practical advice and relevant resources on the topic of healthcare. Today's guest, Julia Flaherty, is a content manager for the sister sites Beyond Type 1 and Beyond Type 2. As a writer, diabetes advocate, and person with type 1 diabetes, she brings a unique perspective and access to valuable resources that most, if not all, diabetes care and education specialists need. Welcome, Julia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Great. Could you introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, my name is Julia Flaherty. I'm a content manager at Beyond Type 1. Just celebrated my one-year anniversary with them and I lived with type 1 diabetes for 19 years officially this January, and I'm looking forward to my 20th. So thanks so much for having me. You know, it's funny because I don't like thinking about health insurance personally as someone living with type 1 diabetes, but I love sharing the info I've picked up over the years professionally. Anything I can do to help, I love having these conversations. So I hope I can articulate the best resources that we have. Wonderful. And congratulations on both things there. So health insurance and coverage is such a complicated topic. Like you said, you don't like talking about it. I don't necessarily like thinking about it. But to make sure we're all on the same level of understanding, could you review some key terms related to coverage that members of the diabetes care team should know or educate people with diabetes on? Yeah, absolutely. So we know that the healthcare system is exceedingly complex and it can be hard to understand whether you were diagnosed with diabetes yesterday or have been living with it for decades because the funny thing, quote unquote, nice way of putting it is that the healthcare system is always changing and it's changing for people living with diabetes and their diabetes care team full of educators and doctors. But there are consistent terms to be aware of that can help you navigate it as a person living with type 1 or type 2 or any other form of diabetes. So when it comes to their team equipping them with the information they need to be successful self-managers and to be self-directed in between appointments, it's good to be aware of terms like deductible, coinsurance, copay, tiers of pharmacy coverage, prior authorizations, 
formularies and even understanding the difference between FSAs and HSAs, if that's something they have. I know we're sticking to a certain time today, so I would encourage everyone listening to today's podcast to look at our healthcare glossary at beyondtype1.org. But are there any terms that stick out to you in particular that you'd like me to go over? I think it's really helpful to go over co-pays, deductibles, and prior authorizations, especially. So when it comes to co-pays, these are fixed amounts that you pay for a covered healthcare service or a product after you've met your deductible. So for example, you might have to pay a $25 to $50 copay to see your endocrinologist or another specialist, or you may have a $10 to $60 copay for your insulin every month. If you haven't met your deductible, you may be responsible for parts or all of the cost of a medication like insulin or diabetes supplies like insulin pump and infusion sets until you do. So I think that's a good segue into deductible. In a health insurance plan, when we're talking about a deductible, a deductible is the amount paid out of pocket by the policyholder, so the person living with diabetes or if their partner is the primary insurance holder or their parent um, before insurance coverage kicks in. So plans with higher deductibles typically have lower premiums and vice versa. Most health insurance plans cover preventative services at no cost to the person living with diabetes which is bypassing the deductible. So for some health insurance plans, costs associated with everything other than preventative services goes towards your deductible. Other plans, they exempt some services from the deductible, but usually services that require co-pays, such as doctor visits, for example. For some health insurance plans, all out-of-pocket costs count toward the deductible, while other plans have a separate deductible just for prescriptions or specialty procedures. So again, it's very complicated and these kind of terms can vary based on the person's insurance plan, but usually they're following the same baseline, if you will. And then last on the list, I believe, was a prior authorization. So a prior authorization is a requirement from your health insurance company for coverage. It requires that your doctor obtain approval from your insurance before covering the cost of a specific medicine, medical device, or service. You might need a prior authorization because a procedure isn't routine or a drug isn't on your health insurance formulary, for example. Okay. And so, you know, in my experience, patients are often really focused on the monthly premium. Do you have any resources that kind of help them look at and and our members look at sort of the difference between the premium because sometimes that deductible comes into play later. Um, Do you have resources that help them differentiate from those and really kind of plan for what's going to be the most cost effective over the course of the year versus just that monthly premium? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think of the article name off the top of my head exactly what that title is, but I know we have it in our robust page full of different health insurance resources and topics on beyondtype1.org and beyondtype2.org. We've tailored them for people living with type 1 on Beyond Type 1 and people living with type 2 on Beyond Type 2. So I know you will find it there and I can get you that after this call. Great. And are there any other kind of topics um, or any other terms that we should familiarize ourselves with before we move on? 
Yeah, I think it's important for everyone to be aware of what a formulary is. So a formulary is a list of prescription drugs covered by your health insurance or your prescription drug plan. It might also be called a drug list. Health insurance companies usually change their covered prescription drugs from year to year based on negotiations with pharmacy benefit managers and drug manufacturers. So again, we're diving into the complexities of the healthcare system. But as a person living with diabetes, this may be why all of a sudden you find that the Humalog you've been taking for eight years is no longer covered by your insurance or a diabetes care and education specialist. This might be why you're hearing it from your patient. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, everyone really comes into this world of diabetes with a different background. And, you know, it probably differs depending on if the person has type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Can you expand on the different pain points and challenges related to coverage people with type 1 experience as opposed to those people with type 2 may experience? Yeah, absolutely. So we have heard a lot from our community that people with type 2 may have a harder time proving the need for things like a CGM or an insulin pump to their insurance. They may require help from their doctor to fill out the right forms to get a hold of. Uh, People with type 2, they might not know that they can even access an endocrinologist or a diabetes care and education specialist through their insurance. They might not have been given that info when they were diagnosed. So when they're looking to their insurance portal on the line that they can determine whether insurance might cover specialized health or the process for getting things like an insulin pump or CGM approved. We also understand that people with type 1 and type 2 may have trouble getting their preferred insulin covered, and this goes back to formulary issues. So there's a lot going on, and sometimes it could even depend on the individual and the individual insurance that they have. Definitely. And I know when I was working clinically um, as a diabetes care and education specialist, I too struggled with understanding how to support my patients to get the medications, devices, and care they needed. There's so many different insurance policies, companies and policies within those plans. I found myself taking valuable time with my patients to get on the phone with their insurance companies to help them get answers. But that's not necessarily the ideal use of limited insurance hours with your diabetes care and education specialist. How can members of the diabetes care team jump in to help while kind of staying in their lane? So I imagine that this looks different for every team. I know a lot of healthcare systems are dealing with understaffing and we want our doctors to be taken care of as well. So if time or expertise don't allow, I think it could be as simple as having resources printed out at clinics available for people with diabetes at their appointments or recommending the website like beyondtype2.org or beyondtype1.org where people with diabetes can explore and find answers to the questions that they have about insurance or other topics. That was one big initiative we had this year, especially with beyondtype2.org, was spelling out everything you could want to know about insurance and every problem that you might have. So we're still building out all of our resources and we're continuing to identify new community needs. So having websites like that available and knowledge of those websites or resources can be really helpful when, as you said, there's limited time during those appointments. And that might always be the 
priority during the one-on-ones. You know, those are a lot of great resources you referenced, and we'll be sure to link those in the show notes. What are some other ways that the the care team can help um, specifically with their patients who are trying to get access to resources or maybe even to empower them to learn more about their insurance? If it's overwhelming to us, it can be overwhelming to the people we're serving. So aside from those resources, how can they use those maybe to help their patients really become more knowledgeable and be able to take charge of their insurance coverage. I think another great resource that diabetes care and education specialists can be aware of for their patients is getinsulin.org. We know that affordability is a huge issue for many people living with diabetes. And what getinsulin.org does is that it connects people with diabetes in the U.S., to the insulin access and affordability options that match their unique circumstances. Um, GetInsulin.org is an important tool for people who need help affording their insulin today, regardless of the brand of medication. So on GetInsulin.org, people with diabetes answer a few questions, such as their location, insurance type, income, prescription. Then they receive a customized action plan to guide them to these solutions that best serve their unique circumstances. And this site and plan details are available in English and Spanish, and they serve people with diabetes once again in the U.S. Oh, that sounds like a really great resource. And really thinking in terms of considering all aspects of wellness, I mean, this is this is a topic that could really cause a lot of stress and gets me to start a, starting to yeah. think about overall wellness and mental health. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think another critical concern that I'm sure you hear a lot in appointments is burnout and mental health. And, you know, thank goodness that's become a more prominent part of patient care. I know when I was growing up personally, that wasn't addressed in my appointment. So it's great that diabetes care and education specialists are asking these questions. Concerning insurance specifically, there might be anxiety about switching meds. If your formulary changes, there may be stress around affording medication. There may be burnout around managing diabetes that spurs the need for the desire to see a therapist. So these factors all in mind, it's great when a diabetes care and education specialist can direct people with diabetes to resources that can help them. So for affordability concerns, that might be getinsulin.org for mental health resources. That might be directing people to the mental health portals at beyondtype1.org and beyondtype2.org when you need additional support. It might look like recommendations for therapists or psychiatrists in their networks when they need to talk to someone about that burnout because we know that happens so much, especially the longer that you live with it. Uh, There's definitely more of a sense of holistic wellness that's being addressed. And that's super exciting. And I think we can continue to do even better collectively. Yeah, well, you've definitely given us um, plenty to support people with diabetes in the new year. (laughs) Any other tips you'd give our members in sort of as they, you know, embark on this and maybe are a little bit nervous to broach the topic? Um, I think you've brought some resources, but any tips you'd give them as they're starting out working with their patients and sort of starting to to look at these issues and ask about these issues. Absolutely. So I think whenever these difficult topics come up or, um, you know, maybe not difficult, just hard to think about mentally and maybe even the patient doesn't want to think about it, it's really important for diabetes care and education specialists 
to frame it in an empowering way for the patient and to help mitigate any shame or blame that they might feel for having diabetes or having concerns about managing their diabetes or feeling ashamed that they cannot afford their medications. There's no need to feel shame or blame, um, but it does happen with a lot of people impacted by diabetes. Oh, that's really helpful. Yeah, really, really probably asking these questions without judgment and really having the resources and, and knowing who to connect them with to support them. Well, Julia, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today. It's been great talking with you. I really appreciate you having me on and I hope everyone who listens to this podcast learns something new to better serve people with diabetes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. Make sure to download the resources discussed on today's episode. You can find them linked in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. And remember, being an ADCS member gets you access to many resources, education, and networking opportunities. Learn about the many benefits of ADCS membership at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.